What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 126, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode Disclosure. It's time to disclose some things, Zach. Are we going to disclose the nature of this episode? Yes, and... I want to disclose the nature of this podcast even. You ready? Ooh, please, please disclose okay. the nature of this podcast. This podcast, I have been saying all this time that this podcast is an independent podcast, but it's time to disclose something. Okay. The disclosure is that I can't think of a good convincing lie that fast to say something different. Hi, friends. We're an independent podcast. I decided to make that joke six seconds ago, and it didn't work. So, um, hey, we're independent. That's the thing we're going to disclose. <laughs> wow. that didn't work at all uh if you want to support the show and <laughs> maybe maybe we'll disclose that we have a new supporter how about that we we, we can disclose that we have a new supporter okay um we'll just dis- we'll disclose that later but if you want to be a new supporter you can do that patreon.com slash walking through the stargate uh we have perks and privileges uh zach will get into that in a in a bit uh one of the privileges is that you get to hear some podcast podcast patreon first content Stargate Second Chances is one where Zach and I take a look at some uh, episodes that we had uh, reviewed before. We got one on deck that we got to schedule. And the other side of the gate where Zach and friend of the show, David, also like quasi showrunner, dude seriously is like the lifeblood for keeping us on task for some things. <laughs> it's it's incredibly important. And thank you very much, David, for that. But Zach thank and David you. will be talking about spoilerific stuff that I'm not allowed to listen to. And uh, it's, it's uh, you know, Zach, I'll let you talk about it a little bit more uh, if you wish, but it's more like, uh, it's like the meta story and like things to consider where if you know the whole story, whereas I don't, this is interesting, understanding this thing and, you know, there's events coming up, et cetera, et cetera. So th- those two have a lot of fun talking about that. Indeed. And if, um, if you want in on that, you can get there by supporting the show, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. But if you don't want to support the show for whatever reason, ranging from you think we stink yet, you still kind of hate listening to us, which I don't know. Fine. Welcome all the way to, you would love to give us every dollar that you have. However, every dollar that you have is already spoken for. Thank you very much. You don't need to worry about never hearing this stuff. We will always be putting this bonus content on our main feed. It's just that we put it on Patreon first. And then when we want to take a break, we'll pull one of these things off our catalog and boop, put it in the main feed most of the time uh, the most of the time is that sometimes we just take breaks and that we happens. forget <laughs> uh, whatever it means it's like yep i'm gonna be not here so oopsie um it, life happens but whatever it, we we will be putting every single thing that we record on the main feed you do not need to support us to hear it it's just that if you do want to support us and you want to show us some love you get a little perk that's the perk um where can you find us <sighs> You can find us. I'm laughing because it's like I said I was going to change it. I haven't. Um, so you can find us Brent, on Apple Podcasts. I just like point out that yeah. I leave that paragraph alone in the show notes oh, yeah. every week, yes. figuring since you say this, yes. you can tweak it the way you want. I know. And every week you don't do that. That's because I've got life to live, man. <laughs> like. Well, fine. Tweaking this sentence is only a priority for the 15 seconds a week (laughs) that I actually get to it here. Here we are. Here it is. And it's going to turn into such a not a priority as soon as I get through saying it. And it's going to stay that way until next week. 
when I get to this sentence and I'm like, dang it, I should have written something different. Where can you find us? Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Aggregators, um, lots of ways to find our stuff. If somebody wants to listen to our show and you know about our show and you want them to listen to our show, you say, hey, you should check out Walking Through This walking through the stargate they're 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 everywhere um yeah so yeah now it's time zach the time has come yes it is time to disclose who our new supporter on patreon is yes well since this episode is entitled disclosure Mm -hmm. and we have a new patreon supporter it is time to give you the name of this patreon supporter as Mm -hmm. we disclose it for you yes and the name is Uh uh-huh josh Hi, Josh. Hi, Josh. The show, Josh. Thank you very much for supporting the show. That's Absolutely. awesome. If you want to hear us uh, uh, give a thank you to you in an overly dramatic fashion in a way that makes absolutely no sense because we are two nerds that like to perform and find weird ways to do it, you can do so by joining our Patreon, patreon.com slash walking through the Stargate. So, Zach. Yes, Brent. If a person wants to figure out how to spell walking through the Stargate, how might they, how might they do that? Well, if you want to know how to spell walking through the Stargate, your best bet is to go to a dictionary, uh, which is this giant, thick paper book. Um, I know young kids. I know they used to come in books. Now they come on the Internet. Yes. The, <laughs> or, the always trustworthy Internet. Well, you know, naturally. If it's naturally. on the Internet, it's got to be true. Obviously. Obviously. So... With, uh, I, I got nothing. Just email us at walking through the stargate at gmail.com. That's W A L K I N G T H R R U G H T H E S T A R G A T E at gmail.com. That's how you spell walking through the stargate. That is that how you spell setup. walking through the stargate. Brent, <laughs> you are, you have got it. You have, well, I, y- you've leveled up. I, I guess I have. That was not slow. That was not that slow. That wasn't the quickest, but it no. also was flawless. It hey. was. Hey. Uh, you can also go to Twitter at Stargate Walking and join the conversation there. Uh, you can go to Facebook. We've got a cool Facebook page and a cool mm-hmm. Facebook group, and those are awesome. You can also go to our website, which is Brent. Walking through the... No, it's not. Yes, it is. Walking through the Stargate.com. But what? Never. It's WTTS dot... Space! Because we have way more fun with the WTTS dot space. It's way more fun to say WTTS dot space. Space! Space! All right, you can also go to this Patreon, and, you know, they got the, the other side of the gate. You got Stargate Second Chances. They're cool tiers. You got, uh, you know, votes and all of that stuff. Uh, Brent, mm-hmm. one of the stretch goals for our Patreon uh-huh. has been met, <gasps> at least for right now. Uh-huh. So, we told all you dear listeners that if yeah. we got up to $75 or more in <laughs> monthly subs- uh, participation with our Patreons, yeah. Yeah. we would subject ourselves to <laughs> the Canadian Independent Stargate Infinity cartoon, which oh, is boy. non-canonical. Oh, oh boy. And you know Here what, Brent? Yeah? I must disclose to you that we uh-huh. have, in fact, hit that mark. It's time. It is time. Time has come. The time has come. So, how is this going to work, dear Patreon listeners and regular listeners? Well, A, for non-Patreon listeners, this will come in the feed in a similar manner to all of the other stuff that's on Patreon. Yes. For those of you who are on Patreon, 
Uh, neither Brent nor I have a whole lot of extra free time. So we nope. cannot do a thousand different podcasts in any given month. Uh, we've got about one a week plus one or two additional ones. Yes. The one or two uh, is one for Stargate Second Chances, something blah, blah, blah. And one for the other side of the gate with me and David. Yes. So when we have a Stargate Second Chances, we will do our best to get those in there. When we don't have that, we will be putting out the Stargate Infinity episodes Woo! once a month or so. Now, there is an asterisk on that, yes. Brent. And I invite you to disclose to our audience what that asterisk is. Here's the asterisk. I'm not sure if we stated it explicitly, but I think we did. This is a per month deal, friends. I'm not about to subject myself to terrible television ad, ad nauseum just because we got to the mark once. No, no, no. We're definitely going to do it because we got here. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! But if you want to keep me subjecting myself to this nonsense... <laughs> then that rate has to stay there, friend. So so the, the, sort of the caveat is, I think, quite sensible. Maybe you'll disagree, but I don't care. It's my show. Um, it's our show, actually. It's really easy to say the, the I. I. I just got done watching some Mythic Quest. It's good stuff. Anyway. Brent, um, you can call it your show, and I'll call fine. it my show, and together we'll call it our show. It's all there fine. We there we go. So, you know, if you want to do it differently, dear listener, then you can make your own show. That's fine. I might listen to it. Who knows? Um, but... Uh, Every month that we hit this stretch goal is a is is one episode that we are guaranteed to watch. Right. So we've hit it once. We will absolutely be doing episode one. Uh, If we hit it twice, we'll we'll do episode two. Uh, If there's a gap in between here and there, then I get to have some more free time and I love free time. Um, But. Uh, you know, so that's sort of it. So every month that we hit past that 75, we'll do another episode of Infinity. Um, I'm not sure how many months that'll actually equate to. Zach, what are there? Six uh, episodes? No, there's like 15 or 20 episodes. Jeez Louise. I've committed to two years? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Anyway, okay. So 20 months of this dribble. <laughs> <laughs> at least um th- that's how we're gonna run it i think that's quite sensible let's have some fun with it but um <clears throat> that's the deal so if our uh, if our support wanes which is fine because that's life and again this is a hobby project this is a lot of fun this is a delight but this is not our main gigs at all like we get it we still get um, to eat even if you don't Oh, yeah, it's fine. Subscribe to the it's podcast. Fine. Don't worry about it. We're still going to do the main show. That's the real point. Yeah. Anyway, um, this goofy stuff, uh, it's, it's, contingent on, uh, it's contingent on that dollar amount. So that's going to keep it sane. That'll keep, uh, that'll keep the situation under normal control. But, Zach, do you want to disclose what you told me about, like, level two? Oh, yes. Yeah. So... Um, <clears throat> for those of you who have been on the Patreon page and have dug through that a little bit, uh, no doubt you have seen this and know that this is here kind of in the background. Those of you who have not delved into the Patreon world might not know this, and you may have forgotten. So let me enlighten you and disclose a second stretch goal on the Patreon. This one is making me cringe. Now this is... Well, in in my view right now, it's way distant. Oh, it's, oh. it's not even in the horizon yet. Oh, but you could but change once that. Once upon a time, seventy five wasn't on the horizon. <laughs> I will grant you that, Brent. But <laughs> should 
our podcast Patreon support reach the $200 a month level, Mm -hmm. then Brent and I will commit to do some stuff with a video cast. I don't know what the heck I'm going to do with that. I don't either, Brent! It's going to involve like a ring cam and me being all like, hey, everybody, and then like having on makeup or something. I'm not sure. Well, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll figure out something <sighs> uh, to make that work, to make that enjoyable. Um, Old man on a video camera. Boy. Brent, I understand that you just recently had a birthday, which, <laughs> by the way, happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, I and am while older you now. have honed your grumpy old man persona, yes, yes, I get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You are not an old man yet. Uh, jury's out on that one, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, uh, so, so Brent, mm-hmm. which of us is the elder? Mm, you are. Uh huh. Yes. If I. <laughs> don't yet call myself an old man, which sometimes I do, but right now I'm going to claim I'm not. Yeah. Then you cannot be an old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. Yes, the logic is infallible. I get it, I get it, I get it. But anyway, yeah. All so of that we, is to say, Brent, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that quite a lot. Um, and, 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 and all of you listeners, definitely go to Facebook oh and God. say happy oh birthday to Brent because he will totally see all of those. God. Uh, Why do you... uh, Brent, uh, that that was designed to be a humorous, silly joke because everybody knows that you're not on Facebook. Please, I'm absolutely wish happy birthday. It'll be great. You will feel happy and supported in your own celebration of his birthday. But... That's a good point. He may or That's may not actually point. see it. It's it's going to be a party that y'all have. <laughs> Woo! Yay! It's a party! What's the party for? Uh, who cares? It's a party! Woo! <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Oh, boy. Well, so. thank you very much for the birthday wishes. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, so that second stretch goal, um, again, I mean, I have no idea what we're going to be doing with that one, but it's out there. And once upon a time, 75 felt really silly. And here we are. And, um, you know, 200 is definitely silly. So, but um, Brent, I have a confession to make. Mm -hmm. And I must disclose that um, I had completely forgotten about that $200 stretch goal, which I had put in there from the very beginning, but I had Mm -hmm. completely forgotten about it until... All of a sudden, the $75 one had been surpassed. And look at that. Oh, oh, yeah. We had done we that. I we had forgotten. But yeah. there it is. Just because I forgot does not mean that I won't hey, follow through. You know, but you know what? It, it's fun. If this little hobby project kind of grows like that, then let's have some fun with it. Hey, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Only you can make that a reality, dear listeners. This is true. This is true. All right. So, Brent. Yes. Shall we disclose the background facts of the episode disclosure? Yeah, let's get into it. All right. Well, the director for this episode is William Garrity. Uh, We heard his name a couple of weeks ago uh, when we did Paradise Lost. Uh, So disclosure is his second directing credit of the season, and he did Mm -hmm. others before, and he'll have others in the future. 
The teleplay for this episode is by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Mully. Mm-hmm. This is their sixth of seven writing credits this season. They did Descent and Nightwalkers and Shadowplay and Prometheus and Smoke and Mirrors. And now this, and they've got one more. Mm-hmm. Now, the excerpts from this, because this is, of course, a clip show, mm-hmm. uh, were by Heather Ash, Michael Cassett, Robert Cooper, Peter DeLuise, Sam Egan, Jonathan Glasner, Michael Greenberg, Joseph Malazzi, Paul Mully, Jared Paul, Misha Rashevitz, James Titchener, Ron Wilkerson, and Brad Wright. Mm-hmm. So, there you have it. Guest actors. We have got Colin Coning, Cunningham returning as Major Paul Davis. We've got mm-hmm. Gary Chalk returning as Colonel Chekhov. We've got Ronnie mm-hmm. Cox returning as Senator Robert Kinsey. We mm-hmm. have Michael Shanks returning as the voice of Thor. Mm-hmm. We have Paul Batten, who is the French ambassador. I don't know much about him. Uh, he performed at Canada's Stratford Festival in 1978 oh. and 79. I've been to the Stratford Festival. Oh, well, there you go. 78 or 79, but Well, yes, no, because you weren't alive in 1978 or 79. That's true. Uh, but uh, he received early training at Vancouver City College, and he participated at the English Summer Theater School program at the University of Washington. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a guest actor in all sorts of shows, including DC's Legend of Tomorrow, Supernatural, Twilight Zone, X-Files, It. This is the 1990 TV miniseries. Mm. Uh, MacGyver and 21 Jump Street. There you go. Now, his first IMDb credit came in 1983 in the movie The Wars, which received a six and a half stars out of ten on IMDb. And he played the character of Pool. P-O-O-L-E. Pool. Okay. So, there you go. Mm-hmm. We have Martin Evans, who plays the British ambassador. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Uh, is an actor known for The Rat Race in 2001, Stargate, SG-1, and MacGyver. He only has like 26 acting credits to his name in IMDb from 87 through 2014. Mm -hmm. Uh, His first IMDb credit came with a TV series, Airwolf, in 1987. We've Mm -hmm. talked about this. Uh, Mm -hmm. If we talked about Airwolf or Airwolf 2 or both, I can't remember. We've talked about both, but very importantly, the Airwolf, Airwolf 2 connection was like seasons one and two, maybe? Yeah. Kung Fu The Legend Continues pops up every now and again, but it was very heavy seasons one and two. Um, Let's see. I think that's kind of it. Those are the two shows that seemed... Oh, and then MacGyver will intersect in here kind of regularly. I've actually seen a lot of people uh, who have participated in MacGyver have participated in... Uh, Stargate. Uh, I haven't noted that all the time. Uh, That's really interesting. But anyway. But anyway. Uh, Martin played Alan in the episode Rogue Warrior. Oh, okay. And now we have also Francois Chow. He plays the mm-hmm. Chinese ambassador. Uh, he mm-hmm. was born in 1959 in Phnom Penh, Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was known for his work on Rescue Dawn in 2006. Lost in 2004, and The Tick in 2016. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has played a Chinese diplomat based in the United States in two different productions, both Stargate SG-1 in this episode and 24 in 2000. Mm. So Mm -hmm. um, he has played the character of Dr. Chang in Lost, 24, and Over. So in three different shows, he's played Dr. Chang. It's a different Dr. Chang in each of them. 
but there he is. I wonder, I wonder if, you know, it's one of those things that like actors seem to care about typecasting after they've enjoyed a bit of success, which is very reasonable. Yeah. If you're trying to make a career, if you're trying to make a living getting paid to play characters for quite a while, I assure, I'm sure that the, that the the litmus test of success is, did I get money today or not? <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, that seems very reasonable. Yeah. And then later you go, you know, I keep playing this guy named Dr. Chang. Can I get a little bit different, please? <laughs> Absolutely. So um, he has a whopping 134 acting credits in his career. Wow. Um, Some of the more recent ones is uh, Last Man Standing and The Expanse. Mm -hmm. By the way, Brent, if you haven't seen The Expanse, you should. Oh, okay. Um, It is one of the most scientifically accurate science fiction TV shows that has probably ever been produced. Uh, It's based on a uh, book series, which is also quite good uh, and worth reading. Um, That's actually a pretty good endorsement. So. Uh, Kyle Hill from formerly uh, Because Science. That was on Nerdist. He did that. Now he's got his new channel, which I can't remember what it is. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know who you're talking about. But Kyle Hill uh, absolutely loves The Expanse. Nice. So, um, interestingly, uh, Francois Chow has played, has been a guest actor on both the original MacGyver and the reboot in 2017. Huh. Nice. To my knowledge, I didn't look into much detail, but I'm pretty sure it's different characters. But he was in both, which is kind of cool. And his first IMDb credit came in 1985 when he voiced the character of Quick Kick in 11 episodes of the animated series G.I. Joe. Nice. (laughs) Really, really... um, uh, interesting no better word uh tantalizing these character names are so tantalizing as in like oh quick kick i wonder what he does (laughs) he kicks people quickly oh i didn't i I didn't see that coming well well that's because you have a small imagination just broaden your mind a little bit and it'll pop right in I'm quite sure that the reason why I am so um, underwhelmed with the character of Quick Kick is my imagination. Yes. That, <laughs> that, that must be it. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, this episode, Disclosure, was disclosed to the United Kingdom population on January 22nd, but apparently it was in the secret vaults of top secret secretness in the UK until February 14th, yes, Valentine's Day of 2003, mm-hmm. when it was released in the United States and then eventually the rest of the world. There you go. Number one on the charts on February 14th, yes, Valentine's Day in the year 2003, was still All I Have by Jennifer Lopez featuring LL mm-hmm. Cool mm-hmm. And in the UK, they were still listening to All the Things She Said by Tattoo. Yep. So... There the way, you have it. Last week, it was kind of fun to pull the music down because, of course, indeed, I did remember what the song was, the tattoo song, all the things she said. But it was fun because I was kind of remembering it 
almost in time with how the song actually goes. So, <laughs> so it, it turned out to kind of almost be perfectly synced. And then of course I just kind of juiced it a little bit by actually syncing it a bit. But I mean, I was, I was like almost exactly right. It was as I was, as I was doing it, I was laughing. I'm just like, yep, yep. That was it. I was remembering it. There it is. So Brent, what you were doing was using your ears to sync things up and make it really punchy, just like daredevil. <laughs> And with jokes like that, that is definitely how to lose a guy or anybody, frankly, in 10 days. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this is good. This is good. Keep going. Yeah. Um, And if you did that in Chicago, they would throw you into the Jungle Book. And I have no idea where I'm going. So Shanghai Nights. (laughs) (laughs) That that, that was one of those like I felt like I was watching like a high jumper, high jumper. No, no, no. Uh, I'm sorry. A high diver, like get themselves at the edge of the board, do that thing where they like put their arms up or whatever they got perfectly launch themselves off that board. Just, just perfect. Just, and, and the first couple of turns are just like butter and amazing. <laughs> and then it just kind of falls apart and belly flops. Her at the end. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. So, so here we go. So I think that if I were a Jungle Book 2 character, I would have to be Baloo because my belly is now <laughs> pained. Nice. Um, nice. Or maybe one of those Shanghai Kniggets kicked me in the gut. And Kniggets. who knows? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <sighs> So, you know, I'm like, oh, this is working for two. And I'm like, how the heck do I fit Chicago in this? I got nothing. Well, you know, sometimes the sometimes the playlist likes you. Sometimes it doesn't. That's true. So what was happening on or around February 14, 2003? Well, on February 14th, yes, Valentine's Day, we had to say goodbye to a famous uh, mammal. Dolly the sheep, the Mm. first mammal to be cloned from an adult cell, dies young from a progressive lung disease at age six. Mm -hmm. Oh, yep. So, but on the 15th, an estimated six to 11 million people around the world take to the streets to protest against the war with Iraq. Mm -hmm. On February 16th, Eleanor Sis Daly, who was the wife of Chicago Mayor Richard J. Daly, who was mm-hmm. the mayor in Chicago from 1955 to 1976 when he died, um, she dies of a stroke at age 95. Mm-hmm. I threw that in there for you, Brent. Thank you. You're welcome. Also on the 16th of February, the 45th annual Daytona 500 occurs, and mm-hmm. Michael Waltrip wins for the second time in three years. The race ends after 109 laps when the rain pours on the track. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying okay. is the Daytona 500 wasn't 500. It was, let's see here, 109 laps. It was the Daytona 218. There you go. There you go. There and you go. on February 17, the London congestion charge scheme begins in London, England. Oh, yeah. This I don't is, remember uh, this. They, 
they charge your car, right? They, they You get into the central zone with your vehicle, and they take a picture of your license plate, and they're like, welcome to London. Oh. Pay us money. Well, that's one way of doing it. Yep. All right. So, shall we get into the trivia for this episode? Yeah, let's get into it. Well, let me begin by disclosing the fact that none of SG-1 actually appears in new footage in this episode. Yep. I the noticed that. only time we see <laughs> SG-1 is in the clips. Yes. Um, so this episode uh, has clips from the following episodes in this order. Mm-hmm. Message in a Bottle. This is episode 28, and we'll be talking about Stargate SG-1's episode, Message in a Bottle. A message in a bottle. You can find us on Google Play Podcasts and on Spotify Podcasts. Right. And thank you. Mm-hmm. Message in a Bottle. Yes. Out of seven chevrons. How many chevrons does it get? This one was fun. I like this one. I don't know how much of the overall story arc it advanced, um, but at this particular point, don't really don't really care. I think that the uh, little microscopic writing thing is an intriguing little idea, and uh, I don't know if that'll ever come to back to let us know about something. But whatever, it was kind of cool. Acting was fun. Scenes were good. The blacklight use was great. Um, I got to see uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Scotty, Star Trek Scotty, no Stargate Scotty. And uh, lots of fun things. So I'm going to give it a five. Five out of seven. It's just a good time. Yeah. Touchstone. I think you're right. It's, it's kind of in the middle. And I was trying to decide, uh, is it a three? Uh, is it just a little bit less than half? And I'm like, no, mm-hmm. that, that's too harsh. Because there's a lot of good stuff that this begins, this sets up. And mm-hmm. uh, without spoiling too much, uh, a lot of this does come back, and we'll see this story advance. So, uh, I'm confident, yes, yes, you know, it is. Um, you know, the, so so there's that. Now, is it is it right down the middle at a three point five, or is it a? And I think that uh, you can't skip this episode. Right. Uh, this is not an episode that you that is entirely forgettable in that way. Um, I think that you are right. I'm going to uh, echo your your vote, and I'm going to give it a four as well. Yep. A matter of time. I, I'm not going to repeat myself. It's not emancipation bad, but it's bad. It's two. There are two chevrons that I'm going to be willing to give this thing. The fifth race. This is not just a six. This is not just a seven. This is an eight chevron episode. Oh, we're breaking the scale. The scale has been broken. Oh, we are in a new galaxy. Oh, foothold. I have been accused of uh, what? What was it called? Uh, oh yeah, bib. Uh, Brent-induced bias. Yeah. So uh, I'm trying to avoid Brent-induced bias. Uh, I mean, I can go rogue. I can be like, eh, not worth your time. I give it a one. Like well, I can do that if you. No, if you don't want do me that. To. Don't do oh, that. Okay. Um, okay. Give it a five because <laughs> you give it. I'm gonna. I, I. I'm gonna go less than that. I'm actually gonna go four point five. Sure. Um, yeah. Y- you know, not a lot less. Um, but uh, I don't know. For me. At least in this moment, a five and up is is a really good episode of varying qualities. 
and <laughs> okay. I, I'm not certain. No, nope. no, no. My my scale can change next week, so don't hold me. Yes, to this. but yes, for right now, true. a five and up is is you know a really solid episode, and this is just shy of that. Yeah. So I'll give it a four point five. Shades of gray. So for those of you paying close attention, I just said I got engrossed in the story. It moved the series story far uh, along. I really enjoyed the snot out of it. And I keep thinking about it. Friends, that is a seven out of seven chevrons. This episode was this episode was fantastic. Nemesis. I don't have a problem with the replicators that you you're you know you kind of have that little hesitancy with the replicators. Uh, I don't have a problem with them even in just this episode here. Sure. Um, and uh, so it's a six for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it's just so mind blowing that it goes uh, up to a seven, mm-hmm. but definitely it hits that six part. Uh, it's a really top notch episode. It's a great way to end a season. Uh, there's some there's some tension there. Uh, where are our heroes? Did they survive? Oh my, those bugs that they had to blow up the ship, the Asgard can't stop, or now yep. on Earth. Yep. What do we do? Uh, all of those things are there. I mean, I'm definitely so. excited to watch the next episode, that's for sure. The Serpent's Venom. I liked it. Um, I think it sets up some fun stuff. Uh, I'm finally willing to accept that Apophis is a bad guy worthy of being a bad guy within a show. I still, I, I'm still happy to bag on the origin of how he got to be so powerful, but whatever. Here he is, powerful. And as a powerful bad guy, this is what powerful bad guys do, and it was believable about the powerful bad guyness. Um, the attempt to stop the situation was plausible the uh the adventuresomeness was 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 fun um acting was good uh the it was well shot and etc etc i mean it was it was it was fine it was good um i think i'm going to give it uh, oh what the hey i'll be generous all right i'm gonna give it six out of seven chevrons tangent i think that this episode for me actually uh, I'm going to give it a, a go with your gut. Okay, I'm going to give it a five and a half. Yeah, uh, it's a five and a half. It's a good, good story. Uh, it, it does. It's got great qualities. Uh, in the episode itself, it also has uh good uh things that move the meta narrative of the series forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like all of that. Um. And so, but, but no, I can't give it uh, higher than that just because no, uh, yeah. a lot of the tension doesn't exist after the fifth watching chain reaction. I know that my rule is that I give the, I give the ratings as I was feeling at the time of watching it and I stick to it, but dang it. That's our, this is our show. We can change the rules anytime we want. So um, and we have- I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> let our conversation, let it drift up because I, because I, because here's the, here's the, here's the real sort of like crux of it. If you say you enjoy it, that carries weight. If Donis Davis says that the episode was, a, was, was one of his favorites, that carries weight. I got a feeling that Zach, you are probably more in alignment with the fandom than I am on this one. And so I'm willing to say I'm probably wrong in bagging on it so hard. So I'm going to give it three out of seven chevrons, but I'm not kidding. I thought for sure I was about to give this thing a two Exodus. And it is now time to quantify that liking Mm -hmm. in a Chevron rating. Uh Uh-huh. So what is yours? 
I, the, 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 the eye rolly parts were not that bad. Um, it certainly, this, the story definitely kept up its pace and it certainly ended with a nice, it, it, it we're, we're in a satisfying quandary right now. And so I had a lot of fun with this one. I, I really think I liked it quite a bit. Um, I, this is going to be a six out of seven for me. Uh, just good fun television and um, satisfying story. And here we are in a spot where I don't know what's going to happen next. And I'm excited to find out. It's good yeah. stuff. Good. Um, for all of those reasons, um, I agree. I think that this is its a solid story. There are a couple of places where uh, it's a little bit weak sauce, mm -hmm. um, but they don't derail the rest of the story. Um, and you just kind of look past and you just keep going forward. Uh, so it's not a seven. It's not a perfect seven because there's a couple of weak spots in there. Uh, but it's a great story. And I, too, am going to give this six out of seven Chevron. Nice. Good score. Summit. I'm going to give this one. I'm going to give this one a six. But the reason why I'm giving it a six is that I really want to give it a five. But I'm going to give it an automatic plus one because I'm pretty sure that a lot of this information that I was shown here is going to be foundational to stuff going forward. Mm -hmm. I could, I was picking up that vibe right. um, that this, this episode, these pairs of episodes did a good job of establishing that as something that's going to be important later. Fail safe. Nope. Nope. The end of the world. We cannot have the end of the world. We have to. So I'm no. going to bring our conversations to a screeching halt and invite you to say how many chevrons does this episode get? Oh, fine. You know what? I'm on board with this. I'm on board with this. Um, especially because this is an episode that doesn't necessarily need to have an awful lot of discussion because it was a fun, uh, you know, oh, no, the Earth is going to blow up because of an asteroid. It's it's I was thinking back on our conversation with Joe Malazzi, where he was like, he likes episodic television because he can do you can do this genre. You can do that genre and you, you have the freedom to do it. Yeah. This one was fun, but it wasn't like surpassingly. Fun. Yeah, I don't know. No, I'm going to stick with my original one. This is fun, but it wasn't like surpassingly fun. There was definitely some spots in it which had a little bit of punkiness to it. But overall, I had a fine time and I enjoyed it. I'm going to give it a five, not a six, um, but I had to think about that one. Sure. The punkiness, the spots were kind of were enough for me to be like, eh, this thing wasn't like brilliant, but it was still a delight. I had a fun time. I was appropriately tense when I needed to be tense. Five out of seven for me. Five out of seven. How about okay. you, Zach? I am going to actually bump that up just a little bit. I'm going to go five and a half out of seven. Um, mm -hmm. Just a little bit more. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I agree with you. It's not quite at that sixth level, I don't think, but it's just a fun episode. Uh, I think for me, I'm going to give it that extra bump because uh, I, especially after this conversation, I appreciate even more after talking with you, the the strength of this plan from the Google World perspective uh, oh, and yeah. how remarkable yeah, it is that uh, the Earth survives it. So I'll give it a five yes. and a half out of seven. Menace, last night as I was watching this episode, and I was kind of thinking about it, and and uh, you know, um, and I was just jamming on this episode. I've always kind of mm -hmm. jammed on this episode. I'm actually going to give this episode seven. Okay. I like it that much. Yes, um, I think that the origin of the replicator story uh, is really, really solid. This is a great origin of the replicators. 
mm-hmm. that that gives it uh, teeth that you know, n- no pun intended there. Um, I don't know. Maybe Works out maybe, great. maybe it was you know, but but there there's there's some stuff there uh, that that is gives uh, the story uh, handholds in the future. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and I'm trying to, you know, so, okay, it's, it's no spoiler. We're going to see the replicators again. I figured as much. Yes. Um, and this story is going to be a reality as we move forward in that stuff. And so mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Um, I think I like this episode, uh, and would still give it a seven, even if I didn't know what happens in the future. Mm-hmm. But, um, there it is. And, you know, I given who Daniel and O'Neill are, Jack and Daniel, given who they are, um, I think that I mean this is an episode that that they are quintessentially themselves for the entire episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're you've yes. you've got this uh, tension from the very beginning between them. They love each other. They are friends they are colleagues they're they are family right mm-hmm. but they mm-hmm. don't see it the same way right they don't see hardly anything the same way um and i think even dan uh, jackson not uh, i think o'neill made a comment about that you know like hey i don't like what you say most of the time <laughs> yeah. i try not to throw you into a wall you know right so uh, so you have these two characters that are quintessentially who they are, and they approach this from their way of thinking about it, and it turns out that it culminates with both of them trying to do what they do, and just the tension of that last moment when they're sitting there, and and like, you didn't have to do it. Look, I didn't know that she was shutting him down. What I knew is that we didn't have much time and she was losing control. I needed to do, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, just that, that moment just hit me in the feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it just works for me. And, and I think that, that, that it, you know, I've seen this many times and it, it hits me in that feels every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just really like that that uh, that emotional run that it gives me. So I gave it a seven. The Sentinel. I think I'm going to be a little bit harsh. And the reason why is because I've seen what this cast and crew, what these writers, what this director, this production is able to consistently do. And this one was just not it. I'm going to give this one a two out of seven, which is really low. Mm-hmm. But it's not because it was just that bad it's just it was a complete waste of time there we go that's it um they did a they did you know lots of individuals did decent work within this complete waste of time but it was just a waste of time yeah don't watch it yeah you could skip this episode never see this and you wouldn't miss anything in the whole series revelations this is an episode that you do need to watch you do need to pay attention to what happened because this matters um, mm-hmm. for the series. Um, but again, like we said, this is not an episode where the sum is greater than the, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. The, the sum, right. the whole is the sum of its parts. That's it. This is yep. it. That's not all there bit. is. Not a bit more. Yep. Um, now is it bad? No, it's not bad. It's, it's not bad at all. This is, you know, even a five, five is pretty good. It's a, yes, you know, um, but it's not, 
it's not great. Redemption part one. Okay, I think, Brent, that we should move on. Moving on. Because we could continue talking about these same things again, but uh, it'll be more interesting to see what other people have to say about this episode. I agree. So, before we can do that, however, we -hmm. need to give it our predictions. I'm stretching. Stretch. Is this a seventh inning stretch? Is that what we're talking about? Take me out to the ball game. Um, Predictions, yes. How many chevrons do you give it? I give Redemption Parts 1 and 2 a favorable, but not so good. It's a five chevron (laughs) episode because it's good, but not great. For it's three, four, five runs, and then it is all but... Something else that rhymes with great? Hate? No. Mate? No. Great. Whatever. It's five. Five out of seven for me. It's, it's, um, I can tell that it's important. I'm confident that there's going to be parts in this episode that are foundational to the story going forward. Not least of which Jonas, the establishment of Jonas. Like, we're establishing his vibe right now. His vibe is very optimistic and laid back and creative. And, you know, he is wanting to be the glue. Uh, to help things out like he he's emanating this kind of like can do attitude um which i like uh and you know sitting there with his thermos of tea uh or whatever his little <laughs> mug of tea um like like good stuff uh and we also had a ton of exposition happening in this episode that that you know we have better tech we are able to kind of figure this stuff out on our own even though it's kind of i mean we kind of had to blow up half of our available stargates to do it so there's a lot of good stuff that happened in here but as you and i have talked a lot about right now it didn't quite jam together it didn't really do a good job becoming one story uh so as a result i'm saying it's fine definitely worth your time but i've seen stargate do better so i'm only giving it five prometheus this episode is kind of one of those things um so like have you seen babylon 5 no i have not okay uh babylon 5 is a story uh sci-fi series that came out in the mid 90s um lasted five seasons it was about the space station in space and there was this grand meta narrative of this galactic battle and and such Mm -hmm. um and i've seen the show a couple of times and I have found that every time I watch it, I get bored to tears almost <laughs> with the individual episodes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I really enjoy the meta story. Oh, yeah. When gotcha. you look at the story of how it grows from season one to two to three to four and such, and yeah. how this galactic battle uh, changes and adapts and how the people, our heroes on the, the space station have to navigate that yeah um i like that story Mm -hmm. but i get really bored with the individual stories yeah now i'm sure i really torqued off some babylon 5 lovers out there (laughs) maybe just a little i also that's how i feel saying i haven't seen it um (laughs) um but this is kind of one of those episodes that if i look back look closely at the episode i don't really care yeah um you know, this is the episode where Conrad and Simmons die. Yeah. This is the episode where the Prometheus is introduced. Yeah. Yay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Woohoo. Right. Um, this is the episode when some news people steal, you know, hijack the ship. Yes. 
okay. But all of that means um, for right now, I am like you, I'm, I'm going to just run with the awesome parts and give this a five. And several episodes that were referred to throughout the episode, but weren't shown. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of um, clips. That's a lot of clips. We can talk more about that in a little bit. The okay. table that was used for the meeting in the Pentagon with all the people is actually going to be reused in a future episode of Stargate SG-1, as well as future episodes of Atlantis. Oh, neat. There you go. Yes. Now, in this episode, Brent, the NID plays a role. Yes. Uh, at least a tangential role. Mm-hmm. Well, they were talking about this in the commentary, and I learned something that uh, uh, I hadn't kept in my brain. Uh, so, originally, when they were coming up with the NID, they originally uh, were going to call it the NRD for a not a real department. Oh, yeah. Okay. For <laughs> But NRD was, well, it looks kind of like a nerd, and we don't want that. And NRD is kind of trips over the tongue. It's not all that stuff. And eventually that got morphed to NID. Yeah. So the NID is still not a real department. Yes. But it's NID, not NRD. Right. Which is kind of cool. That is, yeah, that's kind of neat. All right. So I have a couple of quotes here from Joseph Malazzi. Oh, yeah. Number one, season six had a number of big episodes. In order to pay for those big episodes, we have to produce smaller episodes. Bottle shows are a good example, i.e. shows that take place on our standing sets. Mm. And clip shows are another. We simply approach disclosure as we would any other script. And then he goes on again. When Paul and I learned SG-1 would be doing a clip show in its sixth season, we lobbied hard and eventually won the opportunity to write it. Just kidding. (laughs) Stick a pin in that because I thought there was a bit of logic behind that, but carry on. All right. Now, when we were, he continues, when we first were handed the assignment, we were less than enthusiastic. But as we started writing, it became, if not exactly fun, then certainly interesting. It's Stargate 101 as the series deals with an issue that would plague it for years to come. How the hell can the government possibly keep the existence of the Stargate program a secret? Mm -hmm. Sure, there were past incidents that required some fast talking, exploding ships. No, 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 no. They were Cinco de Mayo celebrations. (laughs) Well, well, yes, it was in November, but but still. Uh, But the apparent crash of a spaceship into the Pacific Ocean was going to be tough to cover up. And so... Rather than even try in this episode, we come clean. Of course, it stood to reason that our allies would be annoyed at being kept in the dark for so long. So Rob Cooper suggested an appearance by Thor, the ever affable Asgard, to smooth things over and put the conniving Kinsey in his place. Second. I love the sequence where Kinsey raises his finger to interrupt, only to have Thor trump him by raising his finger. Shut yes. up. Yes. And continuing. Pin number one. Yes. Uh, I thought it made a degree of sense to have uh, Malazzi and Mully write it because they're the showrunners. And so if you're going to try to create a Stargate 101, then people most familiar with the total story would probably be able to write that much better than anybody else. So caveat, um, while they are definitely important players at this point in time they were not showrunners but they're executive producers at this point um are they at this point in time i don't remember I thought so 
I don't know. Anyway, um, they're really anyway, important to the show. And they've been there they for are a really long important. time. And yeah, gotcha. So having very seasoned writers very involved with the production of the show makes a lot of sense because they can remember the stories. Like they can be like, oh yeah, Absolutely. it was this time we did that and that time we did this, etc. Pin number two, ever yes. affable four. Yes. This scene, he came in, he wasn't ever affable. He was unflappable he was like hi friends hi hi see here's the deal um i'm gonna tell you what to do and you're gonna do it cool cool all right see you guys later bye <laughs> not very friendly <laughs> like <laughs> well you know he was very nice about it he, he was did very say nice about it while the change of system is not going to change my friendship with you I would much rather work with these people and not those people. So let's talk with these people. Okay. Okay. Oh, by the way, I'll give you some, some pretty cool guns and stuff. <laughs> to, to these people, not those people. <laughs> Just to yeah. be clear, these people are going to have the cool guns, not those yes. people. We good? Yes. We good? We good. Right. Very good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Okay. So, Brent. Yeah. This episode, we call it Disclosure in English. Yeah. The Germans follow suit with disclosure. Mm -hmm. And the Hungarians follow suit. And the Spanish and the Italians call it revelation mm -hmm. or revelations. Okay. Which is interesting because there's other episodes called revelation and revelations. But that's beside the point. Mm -hmm. The Czech call it secrets revealed. Oh, okay. And the French call it state secret. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's about, as, that's about as exciting as this episode. We'll get into it. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the synopsis? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Apparently, the entire SGC is closed cleaning or something. Who knows? But this week, we're going to visit Washington, D.C. and see what happens when General Hammond goes on an adventure. <laughs> Woohoo! So. <laughs> through, not through the Stargate. No, no. Through security. <laughs> through security. <laughs> so, they're at the Pentagon at a meeting of the permanent members of the United Nations Security Council. The Americans are going to be making some kind of special announcement. Now, while they're waiting, Colonel Chekhov from Russia is speaking with the Chinese ambassador about a sunken Russian submarine. Suffice it to say, the Chinese aren't buying the Russian cover story. General Hammond finally arrives along with Major Davis. They explain that this meeting is about revealing the existence of a super top secret program the Air Force has been running out of Cheyenne Mountain, i.e. the Stargate Command. Yup. Stargate now, Command. The Air Force comes clean about all that is happening, but the ambassadors are just a little wee bit overwhelmed and can't quite believe all that's being said. Other planets, aliens, wormholes, spaceships, huh? Well, this is a fascinating story. Even when the Russians confirm the tale that is being spun, the English, French, and Chinese ambassadors struggle to keep up. Finally, Senator Kenzie enters to save the day. He apologizes for his tardiness. He had a meeting on the hill that ran long. You know, you can't do... Uh, he is not surprised that the others don't believe what's happening, but he, too, confirms the story, albeit with his own spin on what's been going on. So, why is the Air Force coming clean now? Well, 
Anubis is coming, and the only hope for the planet is if we work together to combat this interstellar threat. Suffice it to say, the ambassadors are not happy with this revelation. Oh, that would have been a good place to put disclosure. I screwed it up. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> well, thanks for disclosing how you screwed it up. Uh, you know what? Uh, you can hey. rewrite it right now. I mean, like. Oh, okay, you know. okay. Okay, right, here we go. Suffice it to say, the ambassadors are not happy with this disclosure. Ooh, good drop, Zach. Thank you very much. The Chinese ambassador is especially vehement about informing his people about all that's going on. None of them think that this program should stay in the hands of the U.S. military. It's far too dangerous for those military folks to be holding on to things of such power. Now, as for Hammond, he doesn't think it's a good idea to upend the current system of management of the Stargate system. They're all thinking, well, of course you don't want to. You're the commander of all of that stuff. And he, and he. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. That was a really good doy doy voice. <laughs> Okay, well, okay. so, oh, by the way, I just want to let you know that the U.S. Air Force has also got some really super cool new ships, the X-302 and the X-303. They're really awesome. And this is really getting the ambassadors wound up mm-hmm. tight. Holy smokes. But Kinsey, gentlemen, gentlemen, has a solution. An international coalition controlling the Stargate would be a bad idea. They simply don't have the experience and knowledge of running a project like this during this time of crisis. That's not good. We can't have that. But it's also unacceptable to have the U.S. military controlling the gate because, you know, it's the U.S. military and and blah, 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 blah. But there is a third option. We have an organization in the United States government, whose mandate is to watch over these super-secret military programs. They are a civilian organization. See? Not the military. It's all good. It's But they have enough experience with the Stargate to be effective managers of the program. Which, admittedly, is probably true. Yes. I'm not saying it'd be a good idea. No. But it's probably true. Yes. This organization is none other than the NID. So, my proposal, as Mr. Senator Kinsey, is to let the NID take control over Stargate Command, thereby making everybody happy. This sounds like a reasonable compromise to the ambassadors, but for obvious reasons, because you all have seen the show and know how bad the NID really is, Hammond voices his displeasure and belief that this is a super bad idea. Well, of course you're thinking it's a bad idea because because you have control of it right now and then you lose the control of it and it'd go to these other people and then, oh my goodness, this is just, oh, no. Hmm. During a break, Chekhov, Colonel Chekhov, is extolling the benefits of having the Americans in charge. They'll spend all the money they can spend on the R&D and finally, once everything is working properly... The Russians, and if you get involved, the Chinese can take the plans and produce all the cool toys at a fraction of the cost. This is a good deal. The Chinese ambassador is unconvinced. Hammond and Davis are also talking to each other. Things are falling directly into Kinsey's hand. He's manipulating the situation like, well, a politician. Of course, he is a politician. Mm. So, also... We discover that he's moving from appropriations to intelligence and would thereby have direct control of the Stargate if the NID took control. This is a bad thing. But Hammond reveals that he may have one more ace up his sleeve. Or Asgard, as he will. Mm. 
The group sits down again to continue their discussions. Things are falling Kinsey's way. The dominoes have been set up and they're just going click, 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 click down the way. It seems like nothing can stop the momentum of change. That is until the supreme commander of the Asgard fleet, Thor, beams down in the middle of everything to thank the SGC for all their help with the replicator problems and stuff. Thor likes the system as it is. Now, the people in charge and operating the SGC are good people. And just want you to know that we're here not just to say thank you, but also to fix some of the problems with the Prometheus. And Thor admits that the Asgard friendship with the people of Earth is not going to change if the SGC is managed by different people. The official position of the Adgard, Asgard is, however, that the SGC under the command of General Hammond and his staff is their preference. Yes. What a disclosure. <gasps> Another good drop. Thor's presence utterly stuns the ambassadors. Kinsey is completely dumbfounded. The British, the French, and reluctantly the Chinese ambassadors agree that, for the time being at least, the SGC should stay in the hands of Hammond and his team. The day is saved thanks to the power of the astonishing... Let me try that again. The day is saved thanks to the power of astonishment at seeing a real live alien who is friendly, but also way more powerful than we are. Senator Kinsey has only one thing to say. Well played. The end. The end. So, Brentley Brentley. Yes. Mr. Brentak himself. Oh dear, yes. I'm going to bring that in there just a couple times. Yes, that can tell. Yes. Yes, yes. In any case, the episode disclosure. Yes. Please disclose your thoughts. Uh, I've seen this one before. <clears throat> and not only have I seen this one before because it's a clip show, I've seen this one before because it was the clip show from season one. Yes. We have ambassadors around the table. Yes. Senator Kinsey is trying to divert control rather than shut it down. But it's basically the same idea. What is going on? Let me tell you what's going on. No, let me rephrase that. I'm sorry. I'm misleading you right now. I don't mean to do that. The episode is saying out loud, hey, what's going on? I'll tell you what's going on. We'll give you a Stargate 101. We do this. This happens. This is occurring. We like it this way. We want to bring you in because of, oh, I don't know, these reasons. Here's another clip and this thing and that thing. Senator Kinsey comes by and goes, I don't like the way you're doing business, mister. I want to do it my way. And Hammond goes, your way is a dumb way, sir. And Senator Kinsey goes, I don't care because I'm the senator and I'm going to make it my way. And they get into a little tiff. And at the end of it, Senator Kinsey is brought to his humble knees by some other fact and the whole thing goes back to the way it was and we get to sit around being all smug because we had it right the first time with a bunch of clips in the middle this show zach was yes, boring on so many levels <laughs> that it was just like okay yeah all right i don't as a rule i don't get up in the middle of an episode and do something else I got up and did something else in the middle of this episode. Granted, it was only oh, for a second, boy. but like, it was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, not only have I seen this clip, I can remember the line that is about to be said. Carter, I can see my house. Like, I mean, it was like down to that point where it's like, yeah, this is the spot where he makes the joke about seeing his house. Oh, yep. There it is. And like, 
it was just bleh. bleh. So, yes. Joe Malazzi with your quote. Sometimes you do some really big shows and you've got an annual budget. And those big shows eat a lot of budget. And then you've got to figure out a way to deliver another few shows on a very meager budget. And so you do things like keep the entire story inside one set or you do a clip show. Clip shows are a way to get a new fan up to speed, especially in the era of broadcast, especially if you're about ready to set the stage for something else. Like it's it's not a grievous sin. But do I have to like it? Heck no. I do not have to like it at all. And did I like this one? Nope. Now, Zach, you have said in the past that at least Stargate does something where they keep moving the story forward a bit with the clip shows. (sighs) I think I've seen Stargate do better with their clip shows than this. This one technically moved the story forward because technically it's a big deal that suddenly this information is getting released out to more nations. But I got a feeling that though that fact will prove important over time for sure. I bet you a box of donuts that it's not going to impact the short-term storytelling. We're still going to have the SGC run by the Air Force, sending off missions, doing things. And this fact that there are now more nations involved in the knowledge of the Stargate, though not trivial, isn't really going to show up in any impactful way probably for a while. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it'll show up next week. But like, I can see a situation where you run the rest of the show <laughs> like for seasons where you have this in your back pocket as a way to make sure that you can justify or explain away, like, how is it that people are being kept in the dark with the program? Well, they aren't. I mean, they are, right? General people are, but the nations aren't, right? You know, and, and you establish that by this episode, but you don't really have to do anything differently about it because... Because, again, we get another deus ex machina thing at the end (laughs) with the god of thunder coming on down (laughs) and declaring his privilege or his um, preference, (laughs) which ends up just like gobsmacking everybody into agreeing, which also kind of felt a little um, it felt uh, that one, I think, was the hardest thing to believe in the whole episode, honestly. It's not like it was heinous, but it was like, no, these are supposed to be like ambassadors to their nations. And these are big nations. Like they don't just hire schmucks to do it. They they like ambassadors are good at their job. And part of being good at your job is not being flapped. <laughs> like, 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 like I kind of doubt even as amazing as it would be to see an alien in the flesh for the first time in your life. I I, I, I kind of doubt it would result in them rolling over quite like that. But whatever, it's done. It, it happened. They rolled. And we are nominally moved forward with our meta story. Now there are a few more nations that are aware of the program. That's it. So, yeah. Blech. Boring. What do you think about this one? Um. <clears throat> so... I am not surprised by your reaction. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, while it does not have the excitement of some of the episodes um, which it drew its clips from, um, I kind of enjoyed this episode, as a matter of fact. Okay. Tell um, me more. Well, A, uh, we rarely get to see General Hammond do stuff. We really get to see him, um, uh, you know, just 
he he usually is a, uh, a a relatively minor character in the stories. Yes, and he plays a much more major role in this, and well, I appreciate role, that. In fact. in fact, a general role. <laughs> uh, well, it's actually it's actually a very specific role. It's not just general. True. It's a uh, no. He's not a brigadier general. I'll look that up. Keep going. He's a major general. Oh, he is a major general. Duh. We've been saying it this entire time. He plays a major general role. Yes, he does. Um, I like uh, Major Davis, and so to have him in here and join this, um, I like the political intrigue stuff of what was going on here. Um, I thought especially the Chinese ambassador and the the interplays between him and uh, Colonel Chekhov from Russia Mm -hmm. uh, were well written and well acted, Um, and it really kind of played into the 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 nature of things mm-hmm. um uh you know this is a moment where we get the russians who are a an ally which is interesting uh that doesn't happen very often mm-hmm. um uh you actually get to hear a little bit of why the russians are so eager to do this and it really yeah, is about true. dollars and cents mm-hmm. right mm-hmm uh, we could run this program ourselves. We, it, the Stargate is technically ours. We're loaning it to them. We're, we're renting it to them, whatever it is. Um, but then they'll spend all of the money on R&D and we'll get to reap the benefits later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, this kind of machination in the political sphere uh, plays a hand in this. Um Yes, there are certainly some ties with that season one clip show episode uh, politics um, because you've got Kinsey playing a major foil. But Kinsey's also grown in all of this stuff um, and is now playing a significantly different role um, of, uh, you know, he was simply an adversary. Now he is playing the role of mediator. Um, between two different parties. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, he is vile, and because we have the history and we know all of the stuff about him, uh, we get that. Um, but at the same time, if you didn't have that experience of him, you would have found much of what he said very, very reasonable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. So, I mean, so that's done well. Um uh, you know, so so all that's happened. The the clips themselves, while it was a clip show, uh, I thought they did a really good job of finding clips that were long enough to convey the message of what was being talked about in the conference room mm-hmm. without um, going into giant moments of an episode that doesn't really matter. Right. Yes. So if they're talking about the X302 and the X303, we got some shots of that and some punchy bits that had to do with that. Um, you know, if we were talking about how they have uh, thousands of troops capacity, troop capacities on any of these ships, they went to a couple of clips where you could see these thousands of troops there. Um, and they didn't linger on any of these clips long such that for me, it didn't get boring in that way. Um, you know, if we get a long clip of an episode that I've seen before that really is just clearly padding out time and not driving uh, the actual story of this episode, 
I get bored. Mm-hmm. I felt the clips did a good job of driving the story of this episode. Um, were they clips? Yes. But they were clips that were being used to actively drive the story and not just simply pad out your 42 minutes. Yeah. I like that. Um, now, the big elephant in the room is how does this play into the grand story of Stargate? And suffice it to say, this is a major piece. Okay. And I can't go into a whole lot of detail without doing more major spoiling. Yeah. Um, suffice it to say that uh, the fact that these nations have been uh, let in on the secret plays a major role moving forward. Will it affect next week? No. Will it affect the week after that? I can't remember what the next episode is. <laughs> um, now, we're getting very close to the end of, of uh, season six. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, it plays a significant role in season seven uh, as that story progresses. Um, so, uh, and, and if it weren't for this episode, we wouldn't even get Atlantis. Ooh, okay, drop that bomb. <laughs> this episode really, really plays a role in that. Um, because Atlantis is a story about an international community going to Atlantis. Sure. Um, okay. That might have spoiled things, and eh, I'm sorry. I mean, whatever. It's, but- it's, it's not that big a deal. You will find that out in episode one yeah, of, no, 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 of no. Atlantis. I, I, take no, uh, I take no issue with what technically could be spoilers um, if what you just gave me was literally like the promotional material. <laughs> 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 right? You right. can't you can't get too upset if the promo is spoiling something. Is like, I wanted to be pure. Pure really? Like come on. No. Yeah. No, right. That's good. Um so uh this episode does a really good job of of moving the story of Stargate forward while at the same time rooting people into the full backstory. Keep in mind also that Season six is the first season in um, on Sci-Fi. Yep. And so they had kind of this soft reboot at the beginning of season six on Sci-Fi. And this is a way to um, bring people into the whole story who maybe only saw from the beginning of this season. Uh, with, and doing it in a way that is not... Uh, that, that, that flows, that works well, I think, in a mm-hmm. general sense. Also, uh, when season six started, they figured they'd have one season and then that'd be it. Well, they're clearly at a point where they know that they're coming back for season seven. Mm -hmm. Um, And so this becomes a way of, hey, bringing everybody in on board again as you prepare for the end of this season and the beginning of the next season. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it works. Is it is it a great episode? No. Is this going to get seven chevrons? I'm not going to spoil it, but no. <laughs> you um, don't say. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not going to get seven chevrons. Um, but, you know, it, especially as clip shows go, go um, I think it works. It works well. There you go. There you go. I don't... I'm glad for your thoughts. That's for sure. And... By no means am I going to try to like 
formulate an argument that is a technical disagreement because I mean, what, what you and I are saying is that we have a preference and we have a um, tolerance for this kind of storytelling and your tolerance and my tolerance are different. And that plus understanding how this episode fits within the meta and appreciating how other series really don't do a good job with this type of episode equals levels of enjoyment for you that are there for me, not in the same quantities and not in the same ratios. And yeah, so I'm still firmly in the camp of, I don't know, whatever. And you're like, no, this could have been worse and it does good things. At least that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, if I had the choice of having a regular episode for lack of a better term or a clip show, I would 100% rather have a regular episode. Mm-hmm. Give me something that's new that, that you know, to take even the same basic concept of disclosing the existence of the Stargate to these various groups and all of that stuff. Um, if I could have had that story uh, told in its fullness without the clips, I would have been fine with that. And maybe that's why I'm kind of a sourpuss about it. Because, like... I- so I, I'm going to bring up an example, and Zach, you're going to be able to just take me to task if I don't have a good reading on this particular example, because you know this example way better than I do. Okay. But 12 Angry Jurors takes place in a single room in a single day, and an entire complex story of the interpersonal relationships with a single overarching theme, yet 12 different agendas takes place over the span of, you know, two and a half hours. And it's amazing. It's a, it's, it's, it's an incredibly great story. And I'm not wanting this episode to be on the level of 12 angry jurors, but my gosh, it's not like it's impossible to have a bottle episode. Let's bring it back to what Joe was saying originally, right? Fine, keep it on the set. Keep it in set and have it be a break for the main cast and have it be a story that has General George Hammond central to it and Kinsey and about politics, about Earth, about the Stargate. Like, go ahead. Let all those things be true. Give yourself 43 minutes to tell the story. Let those let those relationships and that and those conflicts and those and those those stories develop. Find a way to land where you y- you resolved some tension, and that resolution allows the U.S. Air Force to still be in control of that program and tell a brand new story. Like it almost it, it's almost like it's almost like they they put they they made. I hesitate to say it like this, so I mean I'll say it anyway. But I'm immediately thinking maybe this isn't the best way to say it. But it's almost like they made more work for themselves to make it a clip show. Like just tell a new story. And and sure, it won't be as flashy and exciting as in Bang Bang. It won't it won't even be sci-fi, except for that you're gonna have Thor pop in at the end. But like, that's okay. That's an okay story. I've seen examples where it's really well done. So go ahead and do it. But they but no, and you know, it's, it's a clip show. I don't know. Well, so I, I will say that um 
I'm fairly certain that the decision that this is going to be a clip show was something that was given to Malazzi and Mully, right? Yeah. So it's not like they were like, hey, let's, let's do a clip show. It was, hey, you guys are doing oh. a clip show. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Right? Yes. So, so when they start working on this, they have already been tasked with, you have to do a clip show. Maybe my um, pushback on that is that, and I don't know how television production works, so you know, truly, I will admit that 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 that, that might have been exactly it. Where like sci-fi was like, yeah, you're doing a clip show, so go ahead and do a clip show, and it seems like a reasonable retort back against that is, I hear what you're saying, sci-fi. You need a but you need a show done in a tiny budget. We're in agreement on that one. Let me do this other story, which is going to cost the same amount of money, maybe even less, because I won't need to pay researchers to find clips, like. Well, so here's the catch: is that um, it you can pay researchers a lot less than you pay the, pay the actors. Yeah, and yeah. and so when you're dealing with, uh, I don't know, say 25 minutes of of content, new content over uh, yeah, 45 yeah, minutes yeah. of I content, I suppose. That's true. Um, then then that plays a role in the budgeting element of things. Um, so and they yeah. had to build this set. You know, so you actually, I mean, it was a simple set, admittedly. Yeah, but um, the set's already built. You already built it. You already sunk that cost, right? Well, not necessarily. This was a new set. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. You, you, you've spent the money on the set for this episode. You know, shoot the room empty for 43 minutes and call it a show. It would be terrible. It would be a disaster of a show. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you're already, you already spent the money on it. So you're not saving money by throwing in different clips. You are well, saving okay. money on editing. Um, you're certainly able to show special effects, right? Like you, you're not buying any new special effects at all. Um, you're saving money on directing time. Uh, and you are probably saving a proportional amount of, t- of money on actor time because you presumably will be shooting half as much film for 23 minutes for 20 some minutes of content than you would for 40 some minutes of content. So, you know, in all those respects, I think you're exactly right. My, where, where I'm sitting here, like, is that I wonder how much money they actually saved. Mm. I don't know. I guess it's meaningful. You know, when I kind of run it down like that, maybe it is meaningful. Maybe, maybe like, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're paying your interns peanuts to find the scene where, um, Carter and O'Neill are going through the checklist on the X three hundred two, and um, you know, you throw that in, and you've given yourself two and a half, three minutes worth of content with the special effects and your stars and a joke, right? There you go. Yep. So, I mean, for me, it comes down to it's a clip show. Yeah. Is it a good clip show? Uh, no, it's just a clip show. Uh, I mean. Is it, is it, well, as clip shows go, is it a good one? Well, yes. Um, it is way better than a lot of clip shows that exist out there. Also, I think it's better than politics. Uh, I think the story, well, the, the, the story itself is probably about equally powerful with enough punch. Uh, but the clips that they use in this one, because they have extra seasons to draw on, mm-hmm. um, uh, are way better. Um, so in that regard, it's bet it, it's, it's better. Um, so 
Uh, I do have a little bit of trivia for you. Okay. If I recall correctly, we have now had three clip shows in the show. Mm-hmm. And there are only two more. Okay. That's good news. I only got to go through this twice more. I bet you Kenzie's in both of them. Uh, don't Kenzie. tell me. Don't tell me. I'm not saying. Don't, don't, don't. I'm just saying. Okay. See you in my future. All right. I, I, I will keep my <laughs> thoughts on that. <laughs> to myself um i can remember one of them i actually can't remember the other <laughs> oh that doesn't bode well either zach <laughs> well, no, i just I, I i i can't remember where it falls well one of them's not his fault <laughs> that's not that far away so <laughs> oh, that's fun good stuff all right so it is that time now brent yeah um where is this going to land? Uh, how many chevrons are you going to give this one? Well, Please disclose um, your answer. Yeah, it's it's uh, nice, nice drop. Um, I have to. Yeah, the the yeah, ugh, I, nah. this is so solidly in the whatever scale. Like, I, I, I hear you, Zach, and I acknowledge that your points are valid and in in many respects true and yet like it still doesn't move me um this one was not heinous at all uh and i the uh, as 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 a consumer of television entertainment i can see how they're setting the stage for things you know even without necessarily knowing how the things are going to be used granted you did say look if this situation hadn't arisen we wouldn't even have another series and i i get it that makes sense um but within the framework of this episode at this point in the story and what i saw from this episode and without that knowledge this was like a okay yeah all right all right you let everybody know and then now they got to keep it secret and okie dokie this is a three out of seven for me um, it was in danger of being a two, uh, but it's a three because I trust that this is not actually a waste of my time, but it, that's me trusting that it will not be a waste of my time. If I didn't have that trust, I would have felt like this was a waste of my time. Sure. Uh, so, you know, if the opportunity comes to watch it again, like, uh, other than being forced to do so through a second chances, which my God, please don't do that to me. Um, but uh, <laughs> like <laughs> if this were on television, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, I'm skipping this Boop, right over the top of it. it. Cause it's just that like, ugh, whatever it's serving its purpose in a lot of different levels. I get it. And it could have been done a lot worse. I also get that too, but it doesn't, it doesn't move me three out of seven for me. So what about you? Zach? Three out of seven. Um, so I'm going to give this a four and a half. Mm hmm. Um, for me, this, it, it's a little bit better than, than half, you know, I mean, three and a half is, I guess, 50%, mm-hmm. uh, technically, um, it, as clip shows go, uh, it, it works. Is it great? No, but it works. Um, and, uh, it does move the, the story along. Uh, and so I'm giving it more grace for that. Um, so uh, I don't know. I really don't have anything else. Also, yeah. also, right. I, I frankly absolutely love that final scene 
when Kinsey is like, and another thing. Yeah. And then he is completely shut down and cut off. And that little hand of, of Thor's raising up with the finger. Ah, it's my turn to talk. I'm the Supreme Commander. Commander uh, Thor, I, Supreme Commander. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that scene. It hits well. Um, uh, and it's acted well uh, by a puppet and by Ronnie Cox. Yes. So um, for all that, I'll give it a four and a half. Really quick aside, because I think I forgot to mention this. Um, we When we were recording Smoke and Mirrors, the, the episode for Smoke and Mirrors, um, well, I guess we recorded it. So like I've, I've mentioned it a number of times. I typically watch these episodes uh, in the morning before we we record our podcast. So it's, it's really quite fresh. And that's intentional. Uh, later that evening, uh, I ended up uh, catching the last like 15 minutes of Total Recall, the movie starring um, Arnold Schwarzenegger and others uh, that takes place on Mars. And right. the villain is Ronnie Cox. Indeed. And um and in the uh at the ending scene uh r- r- the character, I can't remember the name of the character, uh, gets shot and as as Ronnie Cox was portraying his character's uh, sh- shooting and then ultimate demise through having his head pop um I was musing that that was the second time today. Well, whatever, you know, that day, that was the second time that day that I had seen Ronnie Cox get shot. (laughs) And that was so specific, so particularly specific that I figured that that was just charming in its own right. And I forgot to mention it since then, but anyway, but um, it is good to see Ronnie. He does a good job with this character. Like, yeah, I'm Kinsey is not just a throwaway foil. Um, and nor is he just a straight up bad guy. Like it's, it's not, um, you know, it's not, it's not too much. Like this character is very much an egomaniac and very much wants to do his own thing and very much wants to try to get the the upper hand in the situation. No doubt about it. And as a result, that, that, that those motivations do run counter to what's happening within the SGC. Mm-hmm. But he's not like a, he's not a bad guy. And you know, that's, that's working well. Uh, agreed. I I think Ronnie Cox is a tremendous actor, uh, and he plays his characters very very well, including Senator Kinsey. Yes. Yep. All right. Are you ready for some predictions? I am, and I threw open the twitters, and there's a couple that I got to read here. So, Ooh. thanks, folks. Uh, let's get into it here. So first, I have. Uh, a note from Kirsty. Hi, Kirsty. Hi, Kirsty. Kirsty does not give a prediction of what we will give it, but wanted to share that uh, this. I always thought that Stargate writing team did a clip show well. Even though we had clips, it was woven into ongoing story arc as well. Politics, out of mind, and disclosure are all great episodes. So thank you for that, Kirsty. Kirsty. Yeah. Screw that up. Kirsty. Yeah. Uh, then we have uh, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Brent. Hi, Zach. Hi, Kevin. Stargate does clip shows better than any show I've ever watched. And because of this, it makes it more bearable because I know that budget will be well used in upcoming episodes. At least one would hope nothing too special, but he's guessing fours all around. Oh, pretty close. Pretty close. And 
that's it. Some other people were just like liking that I said that. <laughs> Somebody yep. liked your tweet. So, all right. Well, thank you very much, Kevin, for that. And also, Kirsty, for writing in as well. Appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. All right. Are you ready for the Facebook stuff? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll start off with Kimberly. Hi, Kimberly. Uh, Kimberly predicts that you'll give it a five and I will give it a four. Okay. It's a good clip show, she says, but still a clip show does have huge implications for the meta. Got it. Brent with the Chevron bump for Supreme Commander Thor. That, you know, I probably should have been more kind. That was a good moment. Alas. Yeah. Well, um, my my four and a half definitely included the Supreme Commander Thor. (laughs) Supreme Commander Thor. Does it come uh, with sour cream? Is that why it's it's supreme? Uh, JD says. <laughs> Hi, JD. <laughs> he says, I was impressed every time Stargate had a clip show that they made the clip show actually move the meta story. Oftentimes, the clip show even has big implications like this one. My favorite part in the whole episode is where the Russian general is trying to talk the envoys into being okay with the Stargate and his argument is essentially, let the Americans spend the money on it. Yep, I yep. like it. That was a good argument. For me, this one gets a five out of seven okay. chevrons. And I'm rolling high on being wrongly right or rightly wrong last week and believe the guys will agree <laughs> with Zach rating a five and a half and Brent going with a five. Yeah, no, no, no not quite. But um... hey. You're not far off from me. Yeah, I was going to say, JD's got the right energy going for, for yep. where you were going, for sure. Um, next, we have Leita. Hi, Leita. Or, uh, L-E-I-T-A. Is that Leita or Lita? I don't know. L-E-I-T-A. I'm going to go with that's Lita. Lita. Leita is a strong possibility. All right. Well, uh, please let me know how to pronounce your name. Yes, please. Uh, because I like trying to pronounce people's names correctly agreed uh and i believe this is her first time uh i believe so too so welcome welcome thanks for thanks for doing this uh she says i have to agree five out of seven for both Mm. just taking the new content into account this episode made me think about and appreciate the work general hammond does behind the scenes especially with when dealing with slimy politicians like kinsey that's actually a good point yeah (laughs) frankly (laughs) <laughs> good read i like it well so like this is that's what I, one of the things i like about this episode is that we actually get um hammond we get to see hammond doing what hammond does and you know and we see this in a few other episodes along the way but he's got some major connections he is a major general after all um and he uses those effectively for for uh, managing and navigating the political fallout of things with the SGC. Yeah. I mean, O'Neill is terrible at that game. Yes. Agreed. Um, but Hammond is really good, and that's where his skills lie. And yep. we get to see that on display here. All right, we have Tim. Hi, Tim. Tim says, I am vacillating between a four and a five. Mm. But I think I will come down on the side of a five. It may be a clip show, but it actually has a lot of new footage, and the storytelling frame both makes sense and makes a difference for the story going forward. I think Zach will also give it a five because it is still a clip show. Uh, You can't expect better than a five. And Brent (laughs) will give it a four on basic principle because it is a clip show. Uh, Yep, yep. 
very much in the right ballpark for sure. There you go. Uh, let me double check that we have all of these here. Uh, do, 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 do. Facebook is loading slowly, slowly. You don't want to connect with your friends. You want to see uh, this advertisement for uh, juice. Is, is that so? No. Okay, so we got all of the Facebook stuff, but we do have a couple of emails. Uh, we start with our emails with Aunt Susie. Hi, Aunt Susie. Uh, Aunt Susie says, I like Stargate's clip shows. One, the producers use them wisely to tell a great episodic story while advancing the meta story of the series. The clips are iconic and humorous scenes that are fun to rewatch. Two, kudos to the fine actor Francois Chow, who plays the Chinese ambassador. He gets to utter the most absurd, unchallenged line of dialogue in the episode. The government of China does not believe in oh, keeping gosh. secrets from its people. <laughs> yeah, that line was dropped and my eyes popped out of my skull and then we oh, moved yeah. along. Like, <laughs> well, well, one of the things I appreciate that about that is that he tells it with 100% seriousness and nobody else around the table can say anything because to challenge that would be to not be good. It just wouldn't work. I, I, I think that's why I bought that line as well. Like it was such an affront, but nobody could say anything about it without like insulting him. Right. Uh, Susie goes on. I laughed. Where is Jack O'Neill when you need him? Oh, gosh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, not in the room. But yes. Y yep. Uh, number three, it's ironic that Kinsey is telling the truth when he says the threats to Earth are a consequence of the SGC's operation of the Stargate program. But we still hate Kinsey because his evil agenda of putting the NID in charge is a far worse option. Yeah, he he yeah he, he wants he wants the power. Well, yeah, and and that's the thing is like he uh, there have been times when he has bent or even broken the truth for the sake of his power mm -hmm. desires mm -hmm. but this is actually not one of those situations he's a uh, politician he's a politician and politicians are politating that's what they politate for exactly number four hammond's ace in the hole that's supreme commander thor's appearance is inspired Talk about friends in high places. Mm -hmm. His final argument for retaining SGC control is delightfully passive-aggressive. <laughs> and while our continued friendship with Earth is not contingent on that, it is preferred. <laughs> yes. Just, just, just saying. Just saying. So, Susie says, I give it a six because Ooh. despite being a clip show, it tells a significant story. Nice. There okay. you go. Zach will give it a five and a half because he seems to be giving a lot of half chevrons lately. Oh, did I did give it a half chevron, That's but right. one less total. Yes. And Brent will give it a five because it's a clip show, but has space battles and other cool stuff. Yeah, but there were, there were last time space battles. I've seen those space battles before. Yeah, but now you get to see them again in a new light. I don't want to light. see them again. They're not in a new light at all. It's literally the same lighting. <laughs> i think I, I, part of me wonders so like i don't know this for a fact and it sounds like a humble brag but i really do mean it like kind of as an observation i seem to have the ability to remember details about television film and books 
in ways that make rewatching them kind of boring. Because I remember, it's not like I can sit there and like this very second remember every single detail, but as I come back across it, it's like, oh yeah, and this is the part where that happens, and this is the part where this happens, and this is the part where that glint happens, and this is the part where that special effects happens. Meaning, I'm already spoiling myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, hmm. it's like yeah, 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 I've seen this before. This yeah, that, that's uh, what makes this a little bit different, Brent, because... I like going back to things because, A, there are things that I miss. Yes. But also, um, if it's a good story and I enjoyed it the first time, I like going back to see it because I get to uh, enter into that new story, that, that old story, which was a new story, but now it's an old story again. And I, and I appreciate like a, that. A thing where, like, I must have new things. Must, must have new things. Newness. New we fear change. I like the old things. <laughs> All right. We have one more prediction from yes. David. Hi, David. Uh, and this is, he begins with his supreme Chevron encoding bias buffer. Ah, that's supreme Chevron encoding bias. Yes. Uh, bias. Th- this, one, this one has all the toppings on it. <laughs> Including some delicious mole. All right. He says, I'm torn. It's a clip show, which should bring any rating down. But the original content for the episode is great. It's a lot of old content that we are well familiar with, but the new stuff is important. The old stuff does not offer a new perspective on the plot, but the new stuff drives the plot forward considerably. Mm. All that and Thor's simple handling of Senator Kinsey is what really takes this from boring clip show to I enjoy this episode. Ten chevrons combined from Brent and Zach. Distribute them as you see fit. Oh! <laughs> oh, that's a clever way to do it. That's clever. That, that, there you go. Um, suffice it to say, David, you did overshoot. Yes. Um, but but I appreciate the sentiment there. There uh, you go. That's, that was that was that was that was definitely a smart way to try that. That was yep. good. Yep. Okay, thank you very much yes. all for their uh, for your responses, your predictions, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Brittany, Brittany. Yes. Our next episode mm-hmm. is entitled Forsaken. Mm-hmm. And while this episode is a disclosure of what is... Nice drop. I, I, I gotta try that, you know. <laughs> Please disclose what Forsaken is about. All right. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves in a new world. No. Strange new world. I, I totally screwed that up. I gotta start over. I can't not. I can't. I can't. Let's try it again. Next well, time. what uh, if this world isn't a strange new world? It's just a new world. No, because I got, because I gotta, no. That's not how I do it. Okay. There's, a, right. way, you, there's a way it's done. I'm gonna do it my way. Uh, well, uh, you do your, you do your. I'll do dish- it my way next time on stargate sg1 the sg1 team traveled through the gate to find themselves in a strange new world a whole new (laughs) now unfortunately for us that's the last time that we're going to see them this episode because we're going to go back and once again find ourselves inside the briefing room of the pentagon where we have our 
Major General Hero and Major Accomplish, Accomplice talking to ambassadors about the Stargate program some more while we subject ourselves to another clip show. What? No! All this time, what has been happening is a grand elaborate scheme to get Brent to watch this, this show only to have him be forsaken by the storytelling gods. He is damned to an eternity of clip shows. No! <laughs> Join us next time on Stargate SG-1. Forsaken. So, Zach? Yes, Brent? Yes? Um, am I now uh, doomed to eternal torment? No longer having the joyous bounty of good new storytelling and in fact you have hoodwinked me and now i'm in for four more seasons plus two more series of nothing but rehashing of old video clips over and over and over and over again naturally uh, you know i mean it's disappointing but i suppose i had it coming well suffice it to say in terms of this episode uh-huh you were far more accurate if you had just stopped with our team goes to a strange new world. <laughs> Join us next time on Stargate SG1. <laughs> I should try that sometime. <laughs> you go right ahead. Oh. Okay. Shall we watch the, the, the clip? The yes. promo? Yes, let's do it. All right. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. On a planet with no human life, a discovery is made. What mysteries surround this crash site? Looks like there were no survivors. Actually, there were three of us. Oh! Uh-oh! Oh, when tensions are high, things are not always as they seem. Believe me, Colonel, they come back, they come back in force. How do you proceed when you don't know who can be trusted? The deadly standoff. Who are the hunted and who are the hunters? It's all next time on Stargate SG-1. Okay. Okay, so I am cautiously optimistic, and here's why. Okay. These types of shows tend to rely on a gotcha, and as such, you always see the gotcha coming. Maybe not. Maybe this time it'll be different. Well, we will have to wait till next week to find out. Yes, indeed. Yes. Um, so, Brent. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, I want to give a special thank you to David for the yes, handy dandy you. promo. That was pretty awesome. Woohoo! Yes. Um, and also, next week, mm-hmm. the podcast might be a little bit different than what we are normally doing. Yes, that's true. How much teasing are we going to do to our audience this week? So let's just say this. There's a decent chance that there's going to be a high five. <gasps> Ooh, a high five. Mm-hmm. And not just me giving myself a high five, which I've done. See, I just did it. I just did it again. Yeah, see? Right. Again. Yep. So I'll just leave it at that. 
Oh, wait, wait. Julie's coming here. High five. See, but that doesn't... I'm by myself. Uh, Anyway, there's a decent chance that we're going to be able to do a high five in next week's episode. That'll be exciting. We Mm -hmm. we haven't done that in a long time. It's been a while. Yes. (laughs) So... Tell us what you think, dear listeners. Yes. Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com, which is W-A-L-K-I-N-G-T-H-R-U-G-H-D-H-E-S-T-A-R-G-A-T-E at gmail.com. Nice. Go to Twitter, at Stargate Walking. Of course, the Facebooks, all of that stuff. Patreon, all of that fun stuff. And join us next time. And until then, I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. And this has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.